This is Daniel Figella, head of research at Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research, and you're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. This is episode five of our five-part series on AI culture change in the enterprise. Every day this week, Monday through Friday, and hard to believe it's Friday already, we have published an episode on how to change culture. We kicked off with the global head of AI at IBM. We've had execs from Facebook and other organizations, and we're wrapping things up with a leader from Intel. Stacy Schulman is the vice president of the Internet of Things group at GM Health, and she was previously the VP of Global Retail Technology at Levi Strauss and Company. Intel is obviously one of the best-known computing hardware firms in the world, and and offers a variety of AI-related chips, tools, and services. Stacy's perspective is not only from her experience inside firms like Intel and Levi's, but also from the firms that they work with. I asked Stacy to talk to us about defining artificial intelligence maturity in an enterprise. What does it look like to know where we are in terms of our maturity journey, and where does culture change and change management fit into the mix? There was a lot of detail in this episode, and I thought it was an awfully helpful one. So it's a good one to cap off this week. Again, as I'd mentioned in some of the other introductions this week, I had done many, many interviews over the course of this year, but I hadn't done one particularly special series that I thought would be particularly valuable. And we've heard culture change come up so many times from vendors and enterprise leaders as the crux of why AI doesn't come to life, the key barrier to overcome. And it's certainly not an easy problem. There's no one podcast that's going to solve it for you. But I wanted to take my birthday week here and set aside some of our best of interviews and book some additional excellent interviews to cover a topic that I knew would be critical for literally all of our listeners, whether you're a consultant or you're working as an internal AI leader changing culture, bending culture, leveling up culture to allow AI to grow, to allow AI to bloom into the various benefits and capabilities that can turn into in an organization is important and important for everyone. So hopefully uh, my little celebratory break into a spur of interviews turns into some value for you. I'm really grateful to have you with us across this series, uh, and I hope you enjoy this episode five of five on AI culture change. This is Stacy Schulman of Intel here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Stacy, we're going to be talking about AI maturity today. You've gotten to see sort of analytics and AI make its way into retail and now may see AI and analytics make their way into healthcare. You know, we think about sort of the stages that a company goes through to become nimble with AI. And what I mean by that is able to leverage the technology to deliver value to their customers, to deliver value in terms of improving operations, to, to really use it, not just as a toy, but as something that it can be a breathing part of the business. If we start from scratch, a legacy enterprise, up to that point of nimbleness, what are those stages? How do you like to think about that maturity path? Yeah, I love this question. First, I'm going to start with how I wouldn't think about it, and okay, then I'll cool. talk about, a little bit about <laughs> how I would think about good, it. Good. Here's what I wouldn't do is I wouldn't look at, okay, AI is going to tell me about things I didn't know about, which is what I've seen people do in the past. It'll, it'll tell you about the problems you didn't know existed. Well, most people, when you go into and, and start that way, their answer is, what about all the problems that I already know about that I haven't been able to get to yet? I don't really need to uncover more problems. And so I, I would say I wouldn't think of AI as a way of like uncovering new, new area I would I would go back a little bit. In any company I talk to, I ask them, well, what are your challenges? What are you trying to solve? And maybe take AI as this big, scary topic off the table, and let's talk more about automation. 
And if you're going to automate things and you're going to optimize your business, where do you start first and what matters to you most? And then when you look at that, look at AI as a new modern tool in doing a better job of that. And so that's that's the way when we talk to people about AI maturity, I like to talk more about your business improvements that you want to make. Let's get really tactical about what are those business improvements? And then let's look at AI to solve that problem in a way that maybe you didn't have the capability to do in the past. Got it. So, all right. So that's that's like a way to couch sort of what AI can do for us, not not sort of the the crystal ball with which we'll see the new opportunities and problems that that will dance before our eyes like never before, uh, but as as uh, you know, a, a new way, a new kind of set of foundational capabilities to tackle the most important problems in our business, many of which we already know about. So that's that's the pair of goggles you're asking us to look through. I think it's a very reasonable pair of goggles. So yeah, I'll, I'll keep keep rolling by all means. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I don't know of a CIO or a CTO out there that's putting their hand up and saying, please identify more problems for me. Definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, I think first is let's get really crisp in your organization on what problems are priorities for you and what's the business reason for solving that. And then look at the new tool set that you have. And then once you have that, your biggest obstacle next is going to be talent um, one and your your backbone infrastructure. And here's what I mean by that. You've got a lot of legacy systems out there. How those legacy systems talk to one another is generally the big holdup when we start getting into the AI topics. In um, yeah, AI on its own in its own category can go solve some problems, but without being integrated into the work that you do every day, it's not a problem that's actionable at that point. Um, So it's not a solve that can action and and be integrated into your business. So I would really spend a lot of time and I recommend people spending time on how do you integrate those new insights back into the everyday part of your business and architect that up front. Know what you want to do up front before you go do a bunch of AI investments. Um, And then the, the other thing, and this isn't glamorous at all, is you've got to look at what data do you have and um, what do you need um, and how clean is that data? And so n- nobody wants to talk about data cleansing, but 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 you have to, and you have to make sure you plan for that in any AI project. And then I would say, then let's put on some art of the possible glasses and look at what are the things that I can do with cameras, with computer vision? How can I optimize my business using um, those types of tools that I didn't have at my disposal before? And start looking at, where are all those places in the business that people are doing work that could be augmented with artificial intelligence? Got it. So, yeah, thinking thinking about our, our strategy, what we want to improve, sort of the, the known to some degree, taking a look at what kind of data or, or infrastructure might be required. Obviously, like you said, nobody wants to talk about cleaning the data, but it's going to be a big, big part of our first couple of years here. And then, you know, doing, you know, what we might refer to as discovery in terms of cracking open, maybe even some ideas we hadn't thought of, and maybe other pockets where AI could layer value and kind of thinking, thinking through that stuff. Are these things that you'd advocate for companies kind of getting started in AI? Absolutely. In terms of kind um, of an order of attack here? I would. I mean, and it's, you know, it depends on the business, but I always recommend people know what their business problems are before they, before they, you know, start trying to create a solution. Yep, yep. And so that for AI, I don't see it any differently. I think also there's, there's a, a culture 
part of the company that needs to be addressed a lot of times. And that is when you're working with new modern tools and you have people in the company that are going to be using those tools and with those new skill sets, there's an expectation of the types of companies those people want to work in. And, you know, if you are a data scientist, you probably, or somebody who's on the cutting edge of AI is a skill set, you're going to want to work in a company that has a culture of ingenuity and innovation. And so that, I couldn't understate how important um, or overstate how important it is to um, focus on the company culture around what kind of culture will attract that type of talent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a, a problem unto itself. Definitely part of AI maturity writ large, you know, is is experimentation punished or or rewarded, and, and that that has to change gradually. We've we've really heard pretty consistently from vendors and from folks inside big enterprises that that change ultimately has to start at the top. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? And also, do you have anything in terms of advice there? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, I think that you have to get out of this incrementalism mentality of let me make an incremental change and let's not rock the boat. Um, and into a organization that's structured for complexity. And when you're an organization structured for complexity, you tend to be structured more in um, uh, centers of excellence, teams that are centers of excellence that work together. And, you know, the experimentation, iterate and learn mentality is, is so important in there. And so where a company is trying to bring in an AI team as a isolated silo I think those organizations are set up set up for failure. You know, they really should take a look at how do you integrate this into the fabric of your organization and how do you make sure that that cultural change is there to bring in that kind of new wave of thinker. Yeah, and so, you know, I think obviously all these things are easier said than done, but you know, these are podcasts that can really help people take action in better ways when it comes to, you know, I, we've seen it in tons of companies. You know, you you have the little kind of sunshine projects AI room with where you get your PhDs to do stuff and you kind of have show and tells with executives, but it's not really ever getting integrated anywhere. This happens, we might say, all too often, far too often, even in companies that have been founded uh, in the last 15 years, you know, we'll see, you know, this same sort of scenario emerge. You're, you're talking about kind of the, the limits and the dangers of doing that. What is a way to, to get started with AI? That is to say, bring on our first sort of batch of competent talent, potentially project leadership in a way that isn't in its own silo, in a way that that already is embedded. I think people are a little wary of hiring one data scientist in every department in every geo region. We've got to sort of have maybe these folks close enough to work together. But what's, what's it look like when it's not that little sort of prison of smart folks who never actually make a difference? Yeah, I think one, it can't be the the collection of cool kids off in the corner. I think there has to be a good mix of people who are uh, possibility thinkers and willing to to challenge the status quo from within the organization that have tenure in the organization who are part of a team of people who are are starting to to challenge orthodoxies a little differently. You can't just have this this group, this innovation group off off to the side. If you do, they end up it ends up in my experience being innovation theater where, yeah, they do innovative projects. It's a POC. It never gets out of a proof of concept and never gets integrated into the business. And so I'll kind of go back to, I think you have to really go and get grounded on what's the business problem 
and solve a small problem first. And I'm a, a big believer in the flywheel where you solve a small problem, you get the flywheel spinning, and then you solve another small problem and get it spinning faster. And then you, you earn your way into solving some of those bigger problems and tackling some of the meatier issues around AI. That's my recommendation for any company that, that wants to get in is, is you just have to be practical for the first problems you're solving. Don't go try to solve, you know, world hunger, you know, right out of the gate. Just go maybe take a meal to your neighbor first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apt analogy, Stacey. So we'll sometimes advocate that folks look at use cases that have a really strong precedence of use. You know, if you're trying to do something with chatbots that Google hasn't solved yet, you may want to check yourself. You know, if you're trying to solve a logistics problem that uh, Walmart hasn't even thought about yet, it's possible that we're going to be out of our league here. But there's some use cases where we might be able to get a strong win. And, and you you kind of framed it well. You know, you can earn your way to working on bigger projects. That's part of the chicken and, and the egg here is that sometimes these these early AI teams are kind of held to the same gun as an IT project where, okay, we're investing X, we want to see a return of Y within six months, but AI is probabilistic. We have to do so much data cleaning. It's going to take longer than we think. There's going to be inevitable challenges. It's a whole new way of working. You know, we have to find the right champions within the business who can be the entrepreneur that you were kind of bringing up there. How do we both, A, deliver on a first practical problem, but B, avoid leadership, you know, pointing that like X percent return, you know, in six months, 12 months gun at us as if this is just IT? How do we find a balance there? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that we we do at Intel that helps um, because we, you know, we're a big company. We have the same problems than any other big company has. What we did is we established a venture approach to it. So just like a venture process, we, you know, you go in with a project, you get funded for your milestones, your first milestones, you know, like a seed round. Um, once you hit those those first milestones, then you get your A round and you get additional funding to go bigger with, with bigger milestones towards your, your final objective. And you earn your way into more funding. And I think this is the mistake that I've seen other groups make is that they, they go too big too fast. And the expectation is that these teams are going to deliver with the amount of precision and predictability that you do on your, your legacy systems exactly. that are well-known exactly. in the organization. Yep. And so, you know, when you take a different approach and you say, no, this is an incubation project and it has different rules and we have different ways of monitoring our progress and holding accountable that, that progress. So it's also not a wide open checkbook. And you earn in your your ability to get more funding. And when you do that, the, the team stays small and nimble. They grow with their milestones, and then they get additional funding as they hit those milestones. Instead of, and so then it's, a, it's milestone-based, not time-based. And you're not overfunding for something that, you know, and overspending on something you shouldn't be spending on. Great. I like it. I think for those of you who are listening in, Intel is a, you know, if you're in a big company, Intel is certainly one just like you, but that approach that you're articulating is much farther ahead of the curve than I'd say your, your average enterprise is in terms of how they're thinking about AI in a mature fashion. There's a real balance between being responsible in terms of not spending too much on a project, but also, you know, not limiting a project to some unrealistic short-term goals. And I think that the venture approach is a really, really interesting idea more people should be listening to and, and, and really thinking about it and maybe speaking to leadership about. As we wrap up, Stacey, I, I wanted to, to think kind of conceptually about a topic that you know we're really doing more writing about. I know a lot of our listeners are interested in. 
you've given some great advice for getting off the, the starting blocks the right way with building AI maturity, how to do it right, how to do it wrong. You know, you, you, you've kind of framed things quite well. I'm uh, imagining in my mind sort of this, uh, someone listening in, thinking about the stages that they're going to go through. They might wonder to themselves, okay, in this first stage where we really don't have basically any AI projects, we're going to build this project team. We're going to think about strategy, think about current projects, do some discovery uh, in terms of, you know, art of the possible, and then also get a pulse on our current maturity and our data, you know, pick some of these early projects. What's the next stage that they enter in terms of their their maturity? You know, we might think on the far left, we've got some some credit union in the Midwest that does half a billion dollars a year or a billion dollars a year or something. And really, not even a single data scientist, never, borderline never heard of it. On the far right, we've got, you know, Airbnb, where AI, product, tech, it's all the same. We all get it. We're all working with it. Uh, leadership understands it, even if they're not technical. Uh, technical people live and breathe it. What are some of those middle steps? You know, not that everybody's going to become Airbnb, but I'm trying to think about stages. Is there a, a way you like to explain that to leaders who want to know where am I getting to? What's a place I, I, I can get to where I know I'm farther along as a company, a culture in my AI maturity? Yeah. So here's the way I like to frame it. I like to still frame it as automation because I, I still think that when we when we frame it as AI, it's more interesting. It sounds more interesting than automation, but realistically, we're saying the same thing. And you know, and and look at of the automation projects you want to do, what progress are you making on those? One, and then you know, after you get to some level of maturity on your automation, how do you then grow that into that next tier of more sophisticated automation? You can jump to that more sophisticated automation faster um, if you have the right talent. But you know, trying to bring in an AI team when you you don't have basic systems integrated and automated is really hard. Because what are you going to do AI with? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, what yeah. Data are you going to use? How are you going to improve, make improvements? Because AI really, um, I'd say early days of AI is really about automation and optimization. So, yeah, so I would say, you know, how do you measure that? One, measure the the sophistication of your, your basic systems first, your analytics capabilities, your ability to um, digest data in your company, and then start looking at, okay, how do we create talent in the organization? How do we bring in additional talent in the organization to bring um, new tools in? And, and I think that, uh, I think a good way to start with that is to bring in a specialist that can give advice on it for your company, because it's not a one size fits all with AI ever. And I think, you know, as you bring in a specialist for your company to give advice, put those projects together and put together your, your, your process and, and how you want to grow your maturity level. It's a multi-year project, and that's why I think you know it has to start at the top for being committed to it because it's not a you know we're going to implement AI and then we're going to be done with it. It's it's not an enterprise software's product no, that you install. No, no. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of people are thinking about is okay when you know when the project starts on this day and we end on this day and how much money did we spend? No, no. It, it's an ongoing investment that you've got to commit to and a, a different way of thinking about your infrastructure. Got it. Yeah. Big culture and mental shift there, but strong advice to close on and, and something that I think everybody can can tune into. And a, a nice little uh, a nice little toot of the horn for, for bringing in outside advisors. Certainly, you know, in the market research universe, we see folks that pull us in after they've, you know, bungled this stuff. And then we see some folks pull us in 
you know, the first time they go about it, I think there, there's some, there's some merit to, to having, you know, folks that can frame things properly. So excellent insights. Stacy. again, thank you so much for being able to join us. And although it's all we have for time, but I, I think our audience should be able to put a lot of this to good use. So thanks again. All right. Thanks for having me. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast, and that's all for this whole week, this big blitz of episodes that we've done around the topic of culture change. I'm grateful for Stacy for being with us. I'm grateful for Seth of IBM, for Carlos of Facebook. I'm grateful for Andreas of SAP and for Nick Elprin, the CEO of Domino Data Lab as well. Uh, this was a great series and one that I was happy to be able to put together, and it gave me a great excuse to dive into a lot more interview volume about one particular topic that I hoped would be helpful. If you found this series helpful, uh, feel free to let me know. Pop me a note on LinkedIn, drop us a review on iTunes. Uh, I put this one together for you guys based on what I saw as a useful theme that would be uh, applicable across industries and across sectors. So so thanks for riding with me on my birthday week. Tuesday was indeed my birthday, and, and there's no better way for me to have celebrated it than learning actionable insights from some experts I would love to interview. And that's one of the best parts about my job is talking to smart folks. So thank you, our smart listeners, for joining me on this series. And I look forward to catching you next week in our next episode of the AI and Business Podcast. 